tragic allegations against former Bishop of Antigonish, Nova Scotia, Bishop Raymond Lahey, have sent shockwaves throughout the Catholic Church in Canada. I can't comment too much on the specifics of this case because there is so much that can be said, except that when people are guilty of a crime, they must be brought to justice. And we'll be keeping our ears on this story as it develops and pray for all those who've been hurt because of it. I do want to comment on what has been a common response, at least to me, about sexual misconduct by Catholic clergy. These people seem to think that if the church allowed priests to marry, these things would not happen. Please, people, first of all, of the 450,000 Catholic priests worldwide, fewer than 5% have been involved in any allegations of sexual abuse of minors. I think that's still a staggering number. However, it means that for 95% of them, celibacy doesn't seem to make them child molesters. In the United States, only 1.5% of priests have been accused of child sexual abuse. Also, in the United States, the majority of abuse allegations have been by Protestants, and abuse within Jewish communities, communities is also common. And they do not profess vows of celibacy. In fact, statistically, sexual abuse is far more likely to be committed by family members, babysitters, friends, relatives, or neighbors. And when it comes to child pornography, those most addicted are married men. Listen, abstaining from sex does not make you a pervert. We could have all the married priests in the world and there would still be this problem. A problem that is just as common, if not more, among athletic coaches and teachers. Apparently, in New York City alone, at least one child is sexually abused by a school employee every day. And these are not people who've made vows of celibacy. And it is a problem that seems to be specific to North America. It is rare to hear of minors being abused by clergy in Europe and almost unheard of in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. Look, we may not understand it, but we cannot blame sexual abuse on celibacy. Celibacy is a gift. It's a discipline. In the words of Toronto's Archbishop Thomas Collins, if the Pope called tomorrow to say that they would begin ordaining married men, which he could do since celibacy is not a dogma or doctrine of the faith, Archbishop Collins said that he would still be against this because the first priority for a married man is his wife and his family. For a bishop or for a priest, the first priority should be the church. That makes sense. It's not a requirement, but certainly it's more convenient. And most certainly, being a celibate does not make one a sexual deviant. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and welcome to this week's Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Chris Dimitrenko. And as usual, Michelle will be joining us in a little bit with a comprehensive list of events across the country. And Chris will be talking about the tragic news concerning Bishop Lahey. Mm-hmm. As well as some other headlines, including the Synod of Bishops, which is occurring right now in Rome, uh, an assembly of bishops of Africa. Uh, as well, there have been some more difficulties for pro-life groups on Canadian campuses, most recently this past week at McGill University. And we're going to be talking about some trouble that the Liberal Party of Canada is experiencing in the ongoing political drama that we'll be updating you on. The ongoing drama mm-hmm. in Ottawa. Chris will be bringing those news updates a little later on. 
on in the program. And later on, also, we'll be speaking with Christopher West. I'm sure, Chris, you know who he is. Oh, of course. Um, I've read The Good News About Sex and Marriage in the Catholic Church. Just about everyone I know my age has read that great book. And I look forward to hearing him speak when he comes to Toronto next week. That's correct. And we'll be speaking to Christopher West today in the program about this sexual teaching that is revolutionizing the Catholic Church. And our featured artist today is a new young Christian band from Montreal, the 401, as in the highway, the 401. We'll be talking to the band leader, Roger. And to get us in the mood, here is their song from their album, Songs of Solomon. The song is titled, Going Home. with their song Going Home. We'll be talking to band leader Jason Figueredo in about 30 minutes. And now here is Michelle with some ideas as to what you can be doing in the next week. 
Thank you, Pedro. Beginning with Vancouver, the Marriage Can Be Great workshop presented by psychologist Dennis Boyd is happening October 14th at Holy Rosary Cathedral. This is a really fun and relaxed three-hour workshop that provides some very practical suggestions on how to enrich your relationship. So some of the topics include attitude, peace with the past, listening, dating and sense of humor, and forgiveness, among others. So it's only $20 per person. Check out DennisBoyd.com, that's B-O-Y-D, or Vancouver's Archdiocesan website for more information. Also remember to save the date for Vancouver's annual Archdiocesan Congress, October 24th. We'll have more details as, as the date approaches, but basically this is a chance for people from all sorts of catechetical ministries to get together to learn, to share, and to celebrate their faith. So that's October 24th at St. Francis Xavier Parish in Vancouver. This year's keynote speaker is Father John Cusick, the Director of Young Adult Ministry for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Archbishop Miller will also be there celebrating Mass, and YMO Director Clayton Emu will be co-presenting one of the sessions. So to register, visit Vancouver's Archdiocesan website. In Edmonton, Archbishop O'Leary High School is hosting Father John Gerth on October 17th to lead a youth retreat on the question Jesus asked his disciples, what is it you want me to do for you, from Mark chapter 10. You can check out the poster for more details on Edmonton's Archdiocesan website. October 19th to 22nd, the Archdiocese of Edmonton is hosting the 44th Annual Convention of the Canadian Canon Law Society at the Weston Hotel. Topics that will be discussed are the consequence of the residential school the implications of the Vatican instruction Dignitas Persona, defection from the Catholic faith and its implications, a public juridic person for Catholic healthcare in Alberta, and new styles of governance in religious institutes. For more information, contact the Office of Canonical Services, and all info can be found on Edmonton's Archdiocesan website. Familia Ministries Saskatchewan presents Genuine Happiness, What Is It Really? That's the theme of the Familia Conference happening October 16th to 17th at Resurrection Parish in Regina. For more info and to register, check out Regina's Archdiocesan website. In Saskatoon, Rocktober is coming October 16th at Holy Spirit Parish. All high schoolers are welcome. There'll be a rock band competition and learning how to rock out to the rosary. Contact your parish youth coordinator or youthmen at saskatoonrcdiocese.com for more details. I want to rock to the rosary. Yes, I've been practicing rock band. I think I'd be really good. Do you think I'm too old? No, not at all. (laughs) I'll fly in and compete. Yes. Also in Saskatoon, NASHI is hosting the Human Trafficking Conference Fundraising Banquet on October 17th at the Travel Lodge Hotel. NASHI is a non-for-profit Canadian organization working to divert at-risk youths of Ukraine from human trafficking. Special guest speaker uh, this year is Victor Malarek, journalist and author of The Natashas and the Johns, Sex for Sale and the Men Who Buy It. Proceeds will be used for construction of a safe house in Ukraine. For more info, check out www.nashi.ca. That's N-A-S-H-I dot C-A. There's a retreat happening in Manitoba called To Encounter Christ, October 10th to 12th for young adults 16 and up. The theme is the Paschal Mystery, Christ's invitation to die to ourselves and rise to a new and fuller life. It's happening at the Catholic School of Evangelization in Saint-Malo, Manitoba. To register, visit gbtec.ca. Very good, as always. Lots going on. Thank you, Michelle. And Michelle will be back towards the end of the program with events on the rest of the country. That's right.
You're listening to Sultan Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at sultanlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Christian Matrenko. Here, Pedro, are some stories that are going on right now in the news. Uh, the biggest thing happening in the church right now is the Synod of African Bishops occurring in Rome. Yes. Uh, the theme is the church in Africa in service to reconciliation, justice, and peace. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And so we're still in the process of hearing these individual speeches from all of the different synod fathers, as they're called. There's going to be small group discussions later on, as well as a list of proposals, a message to the world. And uh, the Pope has also been giving his comments throughout. Now, there was a very notable news conference on Monday with Cardinal Peter Turkson of Ghana, who is the relator or the general secretary of the Senate of Bishops. He spoke about condoms and AIDS in Africa, uh, a subject that hadn't been really broached in, in such a, a public way since the Pope spoke about it on his trip to Angola and Cameroon earlier on. Um, he spoke about how the church is very, very engaged. In fact, the greatest number of healthcare facilities next to, to the government uh, in Ghana are ones that are operated by the Catholic Church. And they're able to see some of the difficulties uh, with condoms. Uh, car the Cardinal says that condoms are only effective where there is faithfulness. And he notes accounts in hospitals concerned about the quality of condoms in Ghana and that they are giving a false sense of security and that many people are experiencing condoms breaking. Um, he notes that he has come across a few, but not many people with AIDS who would abstain for fear of spreading the disease, uh, although he hopes that they would abstain. Uh, but he really hopes that the focus is not giving, uh, providing more and more condoms in Africa, but it's subsidizing antiretroviral drugs. Um, he also was spoke about Barack Obama. Many of the Senate fathers have spoken about Obama. He called him a sign that everybody in America has access to all the rights and privileges of the country. Mm. Now, moving along to pro-life issues. Yes. Uh, at McGill University in Montreal, they were to host a controversial speaker by the name of Jose Ruba from yes. the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. The subject was going to be, uh, the name of the talk was going to be Echoes of the Holocaust, which would have compared the tactic of denying personhood to Jews and the unborn as a means of justifying murder. Uh, the McGill Student Union censored the event, saying that Choose Life would lose ability to receive funding if they proceeded. Now, my understanding was that Ruba was going to proceed with a different presentation. But as the event began on Tuesday, approximately 20 counter-protesters interrupted Ruba and began singing children's songs and asking Ruba to leave. And this continued for two hours. Hmm. Now, two student protesters were arrested, and at least 10 Montreal police officers were called to the scene. Uh, those two people who were arrested were released without charge. Choose Life, uh, the, the group on campus, and Ruba, they actually ran out of time at 9 p.m. when the room had to be closed, although Ruba and the police stayed behind to speak with the media and students, and certainly there's going to be fallout at McGill uh, in the coming week from yes. this. And last story about Quebec, uh, letting you know what's going on for, for all our listeners. With the political situation, well, the big news this past week was that uh, the general lieutenant uh, of, of the Liberal Party in Quebec resigned. Now, this is the federal opposition party in Canada, so the ones who are not in power, although they are considered Canada's natural governing party for their electoral success through, uh, through the centuries. But, um, but this has caused a major problem, this lieutenant who was in charge of, of the party in Quebec. He was forced to resign in humiliation 
after Liberal heavyweight Bob Ray strong-armed Michael Ignatieff, the leader of the Liberal Party, into getting a former leadership candidate by the name of Martin Cochon, giving him his riding back after he'd retired from politics. Now, Ignatieff, like Stephen Dion, the leader before him, has struggled to galvanize his party and build popular support. So what is going on with Martin Cochon and Bob Ray? It seems that they are maybe positioning themselves in the event of Ignatieff's downfall. Now, commentators are speculating that these moves are being orchestrated, manipulated from behind the scenes by former Prime Minister Jean Chrétien, who hmm. still holds considerable influence in the party. Uh, Chrétien is the source of a number of famous divisions in the party, and he, uh, he is known to have feuded with former, former Liberal Prime Ministers John Turner and Paul Martin. So not complete unity in the Liberal Party quite yet. That's very interesting. So that's all the news for now. Thank you, Chris. Chris will return in a little bit to tell us about the charges that have been laid against former Bishop of Antigonish, Nova Scotia. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Between September 1979 and November 1984, Pope John Paul II held 129 Wednesday general audiences, sharing with the world his reflections on a vision of the human person, body, soul, and spirit. Now, these teachings were eventually compiled and published under the title, The Theology of the Body, and they explain how the physical human body has a specific meaning and is capable of revealing answers regarding fundamental questions about us and our lives. When I think about it, it sends shivers up my spine because it is so amazing. But if you're at all like me, you've also found that reading John Paul II's Theology of the Body is a bit of a task. And so we rely on other authors who have made the theology of the body more accessible to all. And one of these people, perhaps the best known of them all, joins us now on the phone. Welcome, Christopher West, to Salt and Light Radio. Pedro, I'm so happy to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. It's, it's great having you. So why don't we just... Uh, I know that for some of our listeners, this might be new information, theology of the body, but what is so amazing about the theology of the body? Why is it transforming lives around the world? Well, let's just begin with the expression itself, theology of the body. We all know that theology is the study of God, but what makes our body a study of God? Well, we all read in Genesis that we are made as male and female in the image and likeness of God. That means somehow, right in our creation as male and female, we are revealing our very bodies. You could say they whisper the mystery of God. And what is that mystery? God is love. And that divine love has literally been chiseled by God right in our bodies. You know, a man's body doesn't make sense by itself. A woman's body doesn't make sense by itself. But seen in light of each other, we see this call to holy communion. And the two becoming one flesh, as St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, is really a great mystery that reveals the eternal plan of God that Christ would be one with us. God's eternal plan, Pedro, is to, to marry us. Yeah, okay. And he wanted this eternal marital plan to be so plain to us, so obvious to us, that he stamped it right he, in our in bodies. Our bodies. That's, what's, that's what makes our bodies theological. That, okay, the study I, of God. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, what does the theology of the body, or what does John Paul II say about the real purpose in life? So that's what you mean, that our, our meaning, or the meaning of life, or the purpose in life, is communion is union with God. The meaning of life is to enter communion, and we enter that communion 
by loving as Jesus loves. Jesus says, this is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. And we can tend to spiritualize love, but in the Christian life, love is incarnated. The ultimate love of the universe, divine love, has been made flesh. Right. So this call to love in the image of God, this call to love as Jesus loves, which is the fulfillment of everything, and leads to the communion that is the very meaning and destiny of human life, this okay. call to love is literally chiseled by God in our sexuality, yes. right in our bodies. So, and when you begin to see this, you, you begin to understand why our sexuality is under such violent attack in the world today. Yeah. Now, you think about it. If there's an enemy who wants to keep us from heaven, and if God's plan of love and heaven is really written right in our bodies as male and female, well, what's the enemy going to attack? He's that... going to twist and distort our bodies so it no longer reveals the divine mystery. Exactly. Well, he's done a heck of a good job at it, and he's blinded us to this glory, this beauty, this wonder that is stamped by God right in our sexuality. And the theology of the body is a clarion call for all Christians to reclaim what the enemy has plagiarized, if you will. And as we reclaim it, we come to discover what the saints and the mystics have been telling us for centuries. The love of a man and a woman is a great mystery that's meant to reveal divine love in the world. Yeah, and you know what? That's the part that really sends shivers up my spine. It just, it just, the, the fact that, <laughs> our, that our sexuality... Can, Isn't it glorious? It, it is, that it doesn't just gives us a glimpse about the meaning of life, but it also gives us a glimpse as to the nature of God himself. Amen. As creator. Amen. God is love, and he is an eternal exchange of life-giving love, the Catechism says. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are living this eternal, explosive exchange of love. And the very reason we exist, the Catechism says, is to participate in that divine exchange. We are all created for this eternal love. And this is why we have these hungers, these yearnings, these aches, these longings in our being, because we are created to participate in this eternal banquet of love. Right. But here's the problem, Pedro. When the banquet is not presented to us, we inevitably fall for the culture's fast food menu, so uh -huh. to speak. Mm-hmm. And you know what we become? When we fall for that, we become like that guy in the movie Super Size Me. Yes. You know, he ate McDonald's breakfast, lunch, and dinner for 30 days, and at the end of the movie, he's literally headed towards death. Yes. Well, that's a good description of me about 20 years ago. After eating from the cultural menu for so long, I was headed towards death. Yeah. And I discovered this theology of the body, and I realized, wow, there is a banquet that corresponds to the hunger and right. I gotta go tell the whole world. Right. So, Christopher, just a note for anyone that might be joining us at the at this point. You're listening. Uh, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and we're speaking to Christopher West about the theology of the body. I'm glad you you brought uh, the, the the point of where you were 20 years ago, Chris, because I was going to ask you how did you get how did you find out about theology of the body? How did you get involved and become so passionate about this teaching? Well, it was introduced to me by uh, a Catholic school teacher in 1993. I had been doing my own uh, Bible study over about a period of two years, and I had been really seeking, God, what is your plan for man and woman? And I came to see over a period of about two years of study that the Bible begins with a marriage, it ends with a marriage, mm -hmm. it begins with the marriage of Adam and Eve, it ends with the marriage of Christ and the Church, and smack dab in the middle of the Bible is this glorious erotic love poetry so loved by the saints and the mystics called the Song, Song of Songs. Songs yeah. And I was beginning to understand that God's eternal plan is to marry us, and that he stamped this in our bodies. And I was speaking this way to other Christians that I knew, and most people, to be honest, looked at me like I had horns growing out of my head. Right. And uh, this one religion teacher, I was sharing some of these ideas with her, 
And she said, oh, you must have read John Paul's Theology of the Body. And I said, no, what oh. is that? The, the, she says, oh my gosh, the, the Pope talks about this just like you are. I said, you're kidding me. You are kidding me. The Pope talks about sex like this? Interesting. She said, yeah, you got to read it. So I ordered these four volumes. It used to come in four little volumes. Yeah. And I just devoured it. And I knew then that I wasn't crazy. Uh, and I, this Pope's teaching took me to a whole new level of understanding than anything I had understood on my own. And I knew then, Pedro, that I was going to spend the rest of my life studying this teaching and yeah. sharing it with the world. Yeah. I, I felt like I had discovered the cure for the world's cancer. It is, it is. And I it's, had to go tell the world about it. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the fountain of life. Um, what do you say to people who, who are very quick sometimes to point out that, well, the theology of the body is not official church teaching? Um, and not that they're saying it's a bad thing. What, I don't know what they mean by that. What do they mean? Not I don't think. I don't think that teaching. they mean that it's a bad thing. But necessarily, you know, it's not. It's not official doctrine. It's not. Uh, it's not an encyclical. It was, you know, John Paul II's uh, reflections. Um, well, there there is a certain point to that. That's true in one sense. But we have to remember the Wednesday Catechesis that the Pope offers. He is. This is one of his main teaching platforms. Yeah. And it's not so low on the totem pole that we don't need to pay attention to it. It's very, very important. In fact, if you don't understand the theology of the body, you do not understand the pontificate of John Paul II. Uh -huh. uh, but uh, the point that is valid in that is John Paul II is not arguing from authority. This is not an authoritative argument that he's making. He's not saying, hey, I want the whole world to listen to me because I'm the Pope. Right. Rather, he's saying, let us together reflect on the way we experience life. Yeah. And let's try to understand why we experience the body the way we do, why we experience sexuality the way we do. And from that perspective, it's not because the Pope teaches it that we should believe it, but yeah. rather we should enter into it and ask ourselves, is this the way I experience life? Is there something valid for me here? Yeah. You know, if people don't want to pay attention to the Pope's proposal, well, they can come up with all the excuses they want, but it's their loss because what the Pope is unfolding is really the mystical journey. Yeah. He's just taking what the saints and the mystics have been sharing with the Church for centuries, and he's unfolding it with a great, great richness and insight for the whole Church. And anyone who is thirsty, come, come, come to the waters of life. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah, really yeah, and that's that's a, a great image to to end the image of you know you're hungry, come to the banquet. Don't eat out of the dumpster. Um, we're speaking to Christopher West about John Paul II's theology of the body. Uh, Christopher West will be at the theology of the body conference next weekend, October 16th and 17th at the Canada Christian College in Toronto. To find out more about that conference, if you're in the Toronto area, you want to learn more about. Uh, God, Sex, and the Meaning of Life, uh, go to the website for that particular conference. It is God, Sex, and the Meaning of Life, all one long word, dot com. Um, so thank you, Christopher West, for, uh, for sharing your, uh, your reflections on John Paul II's reflections uh, with us today on Salt and Light Radio. Hopefully we'll see you next weekend. God bless you, brother. Thank you. If you want to know more about Chris West and his work, you can visit him at his website, ChristopherWest.com. And don't forget about us. Write to us and tell us your experiences with the theology of the body. It's certainly by the fruits of the theology of the body that we know that it is uh, doing wonderful things. So tell us what you think about this new sexual revolution. Our email is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And here again is our featured artist of the week, The 401, with their song, I Like It, from their album, Songs of Solomon.
was our featured band of the week, the 401, with their song, I Like It. Uh, I'll be speaking to band leader Jason in about five minutes. But first, back with us is Chris with uh, our featured news story of the week, Bishop Raymond Lahi of Antigonish, Newfoundland, Antigonish Nova Scotia, rather, was charged with possessing and importing child pornography. Chris, what do we know about this uh, evolving story? Well, Bishop Lahi was let out on $9,000 bail. Uh, he informed the Ottawa police on Tuesday that he was going to be moving the address for his bail conditions from a monastery in New Brunswick to Ottawa, where he can stay in regular contact with his lawyers. Um, uh, certainly the people in from that town, um, uh, Rogersville in New Brunswick, were very much against Bishop Lahi being there, including the mayor. The lawyer representing um, Lahi incidentally also represented Ottawa's mayor, Larry O'Brien, on influence peddling charges, and Margaret Trudeau, the wife of former Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau, on DUI charges. Um, in terms of the responses that we're hearing, uh, there was a letter from Archbishop Anthony Mancini on October 2nd, and this was read, read in all the parishes in Antigonish and, and is spread out. Uh, uh, throughout the country. He's the Archbishop of Halifax. He is, uh, but he's also the Apostolic Administrator of Antigonish, okay. so in, in charge of, of that diocese um, until they receive another bishop. Mm -hmm. uh, in his letter, which was very, very strong, he said, What I want to say is enough is enough. How much more can all of us take? Like you, my heart is broken. My mind is confused. My body hurts. And I have moved in and out of a variety of feelings, especially shame and frustration, fear and disappointment, along with a sense of vulnerability and a tremendous poverty of spirit. I have cried and I have silently screamed, and perhaps that was my prayer to God, why, Lord? So I think that, that uh, Archbishop Manzini really expressed how so many of us are feeling throughout yes. the country with this situation. You know, embarrassment, shame, anger, uh, really runs the gamut. Uh, he went on to say that he thinks that um, we are experiencing the reality and the full implication of the mystery of our faith. He explains, we are personally going through the passion and the death which Christ experienced, but yet we have not gone beyond death to the resurrection. It's as if we are presently sealed up in a dark tomb waiting for the power of the Spirit of God to overtake us and raise us up to a new day and a new future. Mm -hmm. And for all of us in the church in Canada, that new day can't come soon enough. It's yes. uh, not something that we're, we're happy to be reporting, um, and we hope that this is over soon. Mm -hmm. There was an address also by Archbishop Luigi Ventura, who is our apostolic nuncio, so the Vatican's ambassador to Canada. He addressed the University of St. Michael's College in Toronto, and this was... Uh, probably the last public address before he heads to France to be their apostolic nuncio very soon. Uh, he said, The church in Canada bears the wounds together with the victims of a tragic past and has made and continues to make systematic efforts to prevent the repetition of such abuses and exploitation. The church in Canada has made every effort to establish safe environments that protect children and young people. Yet we can never underestimate the destructive power of sinfulness and evil that tears apart the fabric of our community. God's grace will overpower these forces. And he went on to invoke Pope John Paul II at the conclusion of World Youth Day 2002 uh, in Toronto. He spoke at Downsview Park in Toronto. 
And when he was speaking, uh, front of mind for, for many people was the sex abuse crisis in Boston. Yes. And these were his words. If you love Jesus, love the church. Do not be discouraged by the sins and failings of some of her members. The harm done by some priests and religious to the young and vulnerable fills us all with a deep sense of sadness and shame. Uh, the, the late Pope continued, But think of the vast majority of dedicated and generous priests and religious whose only wish is to serve and do good. At difficult moments in the church's life, the pursuit of holiness becomes even more urgent. Those are the words of John Paul II uh, in 2002 in Toronto. Yeah, quoted by Archbishop Luigi Ventura talking about uh, uh, Bishop Raymond Leahy. A very sad and tragic story. I'm sure we'll uh, be hearing more as the story unfolds. Thank you, Chris. That was our Salt and Light Radio News producer, Chris Dimitrenko. If you'd like to comment on anything you hear in our program, send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Hi, this is Chris Bray, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. There is so much happening in the Christian music scene in Canada, I don't know where to begin. One of the newest, youngest groups is a fusion between Toronto and Montreal artists. Their name derived from the highway connecting the two cities, the 401. And so here with us now is Roger Figueredo. He's the leader of the group. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio, Roger. Hey, it's good to be here. So um, you're, you're a Christian group, obviously. You, 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 you guys are Christians. You, I can see that from, from seeing your work. Um, but you're signed with a secular label, and there, there's, something, there's something very secular about your music. So how do, you, how do those two elements come together for you? Um, well, uh, we, everything we do, all our music, everything you listen to, um, that's all uh, inspired by our relationship with God. Um, that's inspired by uh, our, you know, um, just our relationship with Him, our everyday uh, struggles that we have with Him. And, uh, and so that, that's where our, our music is inspired. Um, we named the song "Songs of Solomon," yeah. the, the album "Songs of Solomon," to kind of uh, to kind of um, fuse, I guess, both realities for us, both the spiritual and our physical. Um, we we because the songs are derived from our relationship with God and how I perceive it. Um, I think that uh, the Book of Songs of Solomon is 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 um, it takes it to a more uh, human level, right? Where it's it's just a relationship between a guy and a girl. And um, right. sometimes our relationship with God should be that romantic. Um, we should be in love with God where we can treat it almost as if it was a boyfriend-girlfriend situation. Right. So a lot of the songs, that's the reason why I, I, I called it uh, Songs of Solomon, is because I want the album to be like a little bit like Songs of Solomon, where people can um, take it on a spiritual level, uh, right. and they can also take it on a, uh, just on, on a regular day basis, boyfriend-girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you mentioned it, because, because I thought, well, why is it called Songs of Solomon? All these songs are about, you know, just the regular young people, kind of like, I like you, or, 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 you know, help me find my girl, um, which, which sounds very, very, uh, it doesn't, I guess for the, for, for people who are used to listening to CCM, Christian contemporary music or praise and worship stuff, they might l listen to your music and, and say, well, there's nothing Christian about this. So what do you tell those people? Um, I tell them that there's a, there's a whole deal of Christian in there. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, not particularly in the songs. I, I understand what they're saying and I understand, uh, and they are right to a certain extent, right? Our music um, you know, we don't come off as, as, you know, hey, this is a, you know, praise and worship and a Christian 
yeah. you know, rock band. But um, but when I think when you meet us, when you see us live, when you see what we talk about, um, yeah. when you really look in depth to the songs. I mean, the song "Help Me Find My Girl" is a prayer that I wrote when I was single. Right. Um, I asked God because I, you know finding a girlfriend or boyfriend, I think it's a point in people's lives where they lose God. Yes. Um, it's a point in, in, a, in a teenager's life where it's like, hang on, God, I need to find a girlfriend. Interesting, first. yeah. And so at that point, when I realized um, that I was changing my priorities, which was where the song 16th in Line comes from, because I was putting God 16th in Line, which is oh, a song about priorities. Yeah. Um, I wrote the song Help Me Find My Girl. So the Help Me Find My, Help Me Find My, 16th in Line came after Help Me Find My Girl when I noticed that you know, the reason I wrote Help Me Find My Girl was because my priorities were wrong. And when I handed, when I put that situation in God's hands, when I said, God, can you help me find my girl? Um, sure enough, he did. Yeah. And uh, my priorities fell into place. And uh, when you put God where he belongs, a lot First of other stuff yeah. uh, falls into place. Interesting. Now, do you see, um, I, get, I, I presume you, you'd write most of the music or all the songs are written by you? Uh, they are, yeah. I'm the songwriter. Do you yeah. see, do you see uh, you're targeting this music to young people? Um, Mainly? I, I target it to people who, um, I, I suppose, yes. <laughs> um, uh, I suppose it is targeted to young people when you see us live. I guess we are a bit more energetic and, uh, you know. Well, you're younger, too. I mean, it's not like some 50-year-old is going to, oh, I suppose they could. Right, your concert. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to ask you, well, what, what, do you, what effect do you hope that the music is going to have on these young people that are listening to a song like um, 16th in Line or Help Me Find My Girl? Um, well, I, ho- I hope they'll take that. No, I hope they take the little, um, th- there's little, um, you can tell that once in a while there's like a spiritual phrase that's in there, yeah. you know, that it takes from the Bible here and there. And I hope that they take that and that they really apply it to their lives. Um, and that, they, I don't know, that it can create some awareness after listening it <laughs> for, you know, listening to it for a while. The song Sixteen in line, um, when you were asking me what kind of audience you were targeting, funny enough, we were doing a show and actually like around a 40 year old lady came up to me and said, she was crying. She said, wow, this song puts so much into perspective for me. Interesting. Um, I have not been giving. Uh, the bridge says um, I should have front row seats to the rest of your life. And she said that she hadn't been putting God in the front row seat of her life. Interesting. And um, so it was funny. We had a 40-year-old come up to us, and we had touched her life. Well, so, well I'm 40, so don't push it. Um, <laughs> just a note for anyone that might be joining the program right now. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro, your host. We're speaking with Roger Figueredo. Uh, about his band, our featured artist of the week, uh, the 401. Um, so, so the 401 it actually refers to the highway. Yes, yes, it does. There's no like scriptural. I was like, what's the scriptural significance of the 401? Yeah, no? we, we thought about finding the 401st word in the Bible, yeah. <laughs> counting from the first and then backwards, and then from the middle each side and making a phrase out of it. But it was just too complicated. It, it didn't work well, man. Wow. No. So the 401, because. So some of you are from Montreal, some from Toronto. Is that is that real? I mean, that's the story. That's really the deal. Yes, sir. Me and my brother were born in Toronto, uh-huh. um, and the other two guys were born here in Montreal. So uh, um, we are in Montreal. We've been living here for ten years, right? We consider ourselves from Montreal, but those two cities, that that highway is is what connects both cities, right? You, both you, origins, the origins. Right, so, uh, right. So it's so not like you spend a lot of time on on the four hundred one driving back and forth between Ontario, uh, between Toronto and and Montreal. Every but uh, um, but you are, have been doing a little bit of driving this last year, and I know you didn't drive to Portugal, but you just came back from Portugal, um, and you're on your way to to Calgary to the Gospel Music Association conference, and then this this uh, the We Will Rock for Food tour. That's you're not in that already. That's coming after Calgary, right? Uh, yeah, we've already done some events for the We'll Rock for Food tour. Okay, um, a so food drive uh, oriented uh, concert. So what what is that? What, what tell us tell us about that? Yeah. Um, 
Well, what we do is we partner up with uh, local food drives in uh, in the cities that we visit, um, a non not for profit organizations, yeah, um, like Salvation Army, um, and uh, we go into town. We put on a rock show, and the the fee at the door is well, they have to bring a can of uh, right of canned goods. They have they have to bring one piece of canned goods. I'm not sure how to say that, and yeah, um, yeah. and so that goes. To uh, you know, to the local shelters and stuff like that, and okay, you know. good. So you're 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 not just preaching a certain lifestyle or, or a certain uh, uh, relationship with God, but you're also trying to get involved in the community and help people get involved at the same time. Yes. Um, yes the Extreme Youth Ministry Tour in the U.S. That's next year for you. Uh, that was actually this year. The Extreme Tour oh. that was this summer. Oh, okay. So what was that all about? Oh, this this was um, it was a mission oriented. Um, concert um, where uh, a lot of bands who have the same heart as we do, um, we went out and we went into different cities and uh, we tried to kill uh, some of the stereotypes that people have in, uh, in some small towns in the United States. Um, we tried to kill some of the stereotype of like, you know, rock stars are better than us and, uh, you know, we can't really talk to them because, you know. So what we did was we went into towns, um, every show we played, um, the day before we would go into town into schools and skate parks, malls, and we would just um, talk to people ask them questions, see how they were doing. Um, we went to, we gave out food, we did community service, and right. we would do a concert in the local city. Um, okay. And, uh, and what we did was we just, I mean, the, the, the whole concept of the tour was just, hey, we're going there to love people. So hmm. that means before the show, after the show, we're not there to be better than anybody, and that was the whole tour. So right. a big part of that was, like I said, doing community service and talking to people and yeah. serving in, the, in their local community. Neat. So that was this year. Any any plans for 2010? Any new albums on the work? Ooh, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on a couple new songs. Yeah? Yeah, very excited, yes. Okay, good. And tomorrow, tomorrow, October 11th, Sunday, you're, you're going to be in Oakville, Ontario, and then you're off to Alberta at Lethbridge on the 22nd, and then you're, like I said, going to the Gospel Music Association uh, conference in Calgary, and then you're back in Ontario. So you're actually doing a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of traveling. So listeners, look them up. The 401. Um, they may be coming to a town near you. Their website is the 401. The T H E. Then the number 401. The 401.ca. You can also find them on MySpace and on Facebook. Roger, thank you for chatting with us. No problem. Um, it's been a pleasure meeting we meeting you. I guess on the phone. And and good luck, eh? Thank you very much. Appreciate and having us. Keep up the good work. I like the the, the can can goods and, and, and doing community <laughs> service. That's that's great. All right. Great. That was Roger Figueredo, leader of the band The 401, and here they are again with their song Beautiful from their album Songs of Solomon. Oh, 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 oh,
our featured band of the week the 401 with their song beautiful i'm pedro guevara man you're listening to salt and light radio our email address is radio at salt and and our blog can be found at salt slash blog and now again here with us is michelle Thank you, Pedro. So second half of events uh, with the second half of the country beginning in yes. Toronto. All are welcome to join Archbishop Collins for Lexio Divina tomorrow night at St. Michael's Cathedral. The Archbishop will lead you in prayer and reflection on scriptural passage. This year's theme, the parables of Jesus. If you can't make it, you miss it. Um, it'll air on Salt and Light the following Sunday, October 18th. Also happening in Toronto, God, Sex, and the Meaning of Life Ministry, in partnership with the Natural Family Planning Association, will host a public presentation by today's guests, Christopher West, on Pope John Paul II's Theology of the Body, Discovering the Master Plan for Your Life. It'll be held at Canada Christian College in Toronto, October 16th and 17th. I can probably guarantee tickets are going to sell out it really, really, really quickly. Already, yes. So to register and to get your tickets, if any are left, visit Toronto's Archdiocesan website. In Montreal, the official 2011 World Youth Day launch is happening October 18th at Paroisse Notre-Dame-des-Neiges Parish. Check out dioceseMontreal.org for more information.
NPI, lots happening this month. The So You Think You Can Lead Youth Leadership Weekend is October 23rd to 25th at Center Goland. I hear you don't have to actually know how to dance for that one. So <laughs> it's a weekend workshop for youth to explore methods and manners of leadership and mentoring in a Catholic environment with Joan McDonald as the facilitator. So for an application form, check out PI's diocesan website. PI's Catholic Women's League and the Knights of Columbus are co-sponsoring the annual Seven Mile Bay Rosary Pilgrimage to the Canadian Martyrs. It'll take place uh, Saturday, October 24th in St. Peter's Parish Church. The Rosary Mass will be followed by a reception in the Parish Centre. Please bring snacks and sweets for the sharing table. Any donations collected will be sent to Birthright PEI this year. That's really good. It's good and nice to have uh, lots of events in Prince Edward Island. I know, I love yes. it. Thank you to them for updating their websites. Yes. Um, also, just to keep in mind, across the country, the 40 Days for Life vigil is ongoing. It's an interdenominational and international pro-life campaign uh, that involves peace, peaceful vigils where people stand in front of abortion clinics in silent prayer for life. Also, across the country, Theology on Tap is happening almost everywhere in all the big cities. Ha- um, they have their advertising online. So if you like drinking and discussing faith topics at the same time, check it out. Theology on Tap at a pub near you. Also, across the country, Worldwide Marriage Encounter Weekends are happening all over. Yes. So those are very, very beautiful ways to um, uh, retreat away from the everyday and, uh, and renew. renew. Yeah. That's right. Renew your, your marriage, renew your vocation. Marriage. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Michelle. Lots going on. As always, um, remember, just let us know about your events. Send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara, man. And I'm Michelle Nutso. Now, Salt and Light Television's flagship show, Catholic Focus, began its new season this past week with two new episodes, one which will repeat tomorrow, Sunday, October 11th, at 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. That's right. The episode's called The Inner Hermit. So, Pedro, you sat with singer-songwriter, author, and hermit, John Michael Talbot, to speak about how to live the contemplative life in our world today. Tell us a bit about it. Yes, most people know John Michael Talbot as as a singer or songwriter, but he's also a monk and he lives as a hermit in a hermitage in Arkansas. And we spoke when he was up in Canada in uh, last May and we talked about how we don't need to be separated physically from the world in order to be close to God. Great. So that conversation will be on Catholic Focus tomorrow, October 11th at 7 Eastern, 8 Pacific on Salt and Light Television. Yes, and there is another new Catholic Focus episode. This one is about the relationship between Canada and the Holy See. That's right. It's called From Sea to Sea, and it's hosted by uh, one of our producers, Alicia Ambrosio, and will air on Thursday, October 15th at 7 Eastern and 8 Pacific. Yes, that should be really interesting because I don't think a lot of people really understand or know much about the world of of church diplomats and and nuncios. And what it is they do all day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that should be good. Uh, And if that sort of thing really interests you, then you'll also like to watch Inside the Vatican. This is a six-part series hosted by Sir Peter Ustinov, uh, who explores the little-known facts and history of the Vatican. Yes, that airs on Friday, October the 16th, Saturday the 17th, and Sunday the 18th, all six half hours at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. So part one and two on Friday, three and four on Saturday, and five and six on Sunday, in case yeah. that wasn't clear. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's a little confusing. So, um, And also, Michelle, we have some live coverage from the Vatican That's right. tomorrow uh, morning. 
live. It's 4 a.m. live for us here <laughs> in Eastern Time. Uh, but we will rebroadcast at uh, 10 a.m. Yes, Pope Benedict XVI is canonizing five saints. Among them, probably the, the more well-known one is Blessed Damien of Molokai, known for his work among lepers in uh, the colony of Molokai in Hawaii. That's right. And the other four blessed to be declared saints are Blessed Rafael Arnais Baron, a member of the Cistercians of the Strict Observance, and is considered one of the greatest mystics of the 20th century. There's also Zygmunt Szczesny Felinski, a Polish former Archbishop of Warsaw and founder of the Congregation of Franciscan Sisters of the Family of Mary. And last but not least, oh no, there's two more. Frances Col y Guitar, a Spanish priest of the Order of Friars Preachers. Yes, the last one is uh, Blessed Jean Jugan or Jugan. Jeanne Jugan. Jean Jugan, that's right. She was French. She was, a, she was a French virgin and foundress of the Congregation of the Little Sisters of the Poor. So that's tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. or 4 a.m. if you're really a keener. <laughs> Canonization Mass with Pope Benedict uh, the 16th from the Vatican. And for more information about any of these programs or any of our television programming, visit our website. That's saltandlighttv.org check our monthly updater and see what else you might find that might interest you. Remember that if you're an outside our broadcast area, you can still watch all of our programmings online at that same website. And that is also where you can listen to Salt and Light Radio in case you missed any part of this show or if you'd like to listen to any other uh, radio program that you may have missed. We archive all our shows. Just go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio. It's all there. And remember to look for us on Facebook, Salt and Light Radio, and don't forget to send us your mail. Please let us know your thoughts on anything that you hear on our program. The email is radio at saltandlighttv.org. Yes, we love mail. That brings us to the end of the program. Next week, we'll be speaking with the rector of the Ukrainian Catholic University in Ukraine. Um, they're doing really great work in Ukraine. So uh, we'll be speaking to, uh, oh, sorry. And we'll also be speaking to some of the nominees of the Gospel Music Awards, the Covenant Awards. That's great. We don't usually hear from someone from the Ukrainian community or members of any of the Eastern Rite communities mm. in general. So that's exciting. Yeah, that's true. But we will next week. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Michelle Nutzo. And I'm Pedro. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. That's right. And this has been Salt and Light Radio.